Welcome to Energy Stew. This is Peter Roth, your host. And I'd like to ask you, how many deep moments each day do you have? I mean, moments, awareness moments that go deep into your soul. How often do they come up? And aren't they wonderful? Well, there's a book I, I've just read um, that has uh, every page uh, involves moments that are so beautiful. And it's a, it's a, a great heartful book. And that's why it's called A Heart's Landscape. And it's an invitation to the garden of moments. And I, it, it has so many of them <laughs> that uh, I want our author to speak about uh, how she was able to create such a beautiful book and, and where did it all come from in her life? And you know where did it start? So Susan Lacks, LAX Lacks, welcome to Energy Stew. I'm so glad to talk with you. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here with you and your listeners and uh, to share uh, my thoughts about moments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're good at it. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the, the place that I want to answer yours, to your question, I want to go back to that is how, how often do we look at moments or contemplate a moment or an aware of our moments? And where does my thought stem from that? So I think when life for me um, at different times became very overwhelming, extremely heavy, that I felt that uh, a part of me was getting lower and lower because it was so much that I was holding. I all of a sudden thought, wait, what if instead of looking at the entire picture of a day, a whole day, it's 24 hours and every hour is 60 moments. What if I just look at one moment and maybe if I look for the good in one moment, it will be the stabilizing and the enriching and the essence of where my soul can be lifted. I love that. Um, and I really, when I went back to school and to study spirituality, and I started off studying Jewish spirituality, and I studied the psychology of, of grief and of loss, I realized that grief is so heavy to hold. And I myself experienced grief um, at a very early age. And no one was there to tell me how to hold it. And it was overwhelming. And I thought, wait, if I can look at a moment of awareness, if I can take this moment as uplifting, why shouldn't I share it with other people? Because one moment of lifting your soul of good is contagious. Uh, I went through a period of grief as a teenager that was extremely profound. I lost my father suddenly. And and I, I'm looking at that through your eyes, seeing how many moments, rich moments there were. 
beautiful moments there were. And quite a, quite a number. And how profound it is amidst the grief to be alive in, in the moments that are profound. A hundred percent. And, you know, I think I was taught in early age when there's grief, you know, I grew up in Israel under the cloud of the Holocaust. And then again, growing up with, there's always war or an attack or a lot of grief going on. Someone's always touched by death. And there was never uh, an okay to say, wait, you could smile when this is going on. It's okay. There can be a profound, wonderful, joyous moment right after there was a terrible moment of grief. And well, I, I see that in two ways. One is that loss is horrible. We can horrible. never avoid grief from loss. But the other point is that um, the public doesn't understand death because death is only an opportunity to cross over to another side, to a beautiful reality of life after death. And, and so there's a blessing to that, that we can hold amidst our grief. And, you know, my father died. He's come around many times. I expect him actually to come to my birthday dinner tonight. And, oh, happy uh, birthday. Thank you. And so as much as I, it was a, a huge loss, I, you know, I am who I am today because of that loss, because it, it put me on a highly spiritual path. And, um, and yet he still a big part of my life in, in many good ways. <laughs> right. But you know what, Peter, I think that everybody is very different and everybody handles uh, the situations that were given in various ways. Sure. Um, and one of the things I found, I lost my parents when I was in my 20s. Um, and the first time I was uh, really faced strongly with grief was at the age of 14 during the 73 Yom Kippur War. And my, I grew up on a kibbutz, which for your audience may not know what that is. That is a communal farm in Israel. And so, so many people were, were, were killed and no one was sharing, wait, what, what do I do with this? And I didn't have the ability at the age of 14 to say, oh, this is a, a good thing. This is taking me on a spiritual, some kind of, it of was just, you know, it happens yeah. automatically. <laughs> right, right. So it was just put someplace. It was right. put in one of the rooms of my soul, right? Mm -hmm. And and I think I, I, my intent when I, I'm a spiritual counselor and I work with people at end of life and for the families that, that uh, help them exit this world and people that are touched by illness, and one of the things that I say, yes, there is grief and there is loss. But like you said, you know, there is something, this is part of your story. And it's another page in that beautiful story that is yours. I remember when my mother was dying. This is um, 34 years ago. And I, I went through, it was very hard because she came with, to us to die for a few weeks where she knew mm -hmm. she was dying and 
that's how long it lasted. And I remember how hard it was. And somebody said to me, just remember, this is one of the most important times of her life. Mm -hmm. Beautifully said. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And at the same time, the fact that she was with you, what a gift to give you. What a gift to give you to be there, to be part of that most important moment of her life, right? Right, and we were totally there. <laughs> yes, yes. And But those are moments, right? And we go back to the talking about moments, and it's those moments uh, that like that, that we can appreciate, that gratitude appears, that we stop. We literally stop with the automatic pilot and we just go, wow, look where I am. Wow, look what I just saw. Wow, look what I just experienced. Well, you know, I think, though, that it takes some wisdom to be able to hold that place. It's, I, I, you know, wisdom is a beautiful word, but I think I rather would use practice. Just like anything else, it's something we make a decision oh. to practice. You've had too much practice with death. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it's my practice with joy that I'd rather concentrate on. Right. I choose that. And your book is so full of precious moments like that. I mean, I... Um, I typed out a whole page of parts of of your book in ways that that really hit my heart strongly. Uh, uh, and uh. and but every page does, and every page has important messages to it. And there were some that were you know personal for me that I felt like oh I have to hold this and and. It's great to have your whole book and go through it and, and just constantly open it up to different moments of, you know, of deepness. And, um, and yet I, I just felt like typing out a page of, of the best moments for me that I can keep on my dresser or something and just look at it often. Well, uh, that was my intent, Peter. My intent, oh, beautifully said. I love that you shared that. My intent when I wrote this book, it's a collection of morning inspirations that I send out around the world to people. Anyone can get it. And it's moments, right? As you said. Right. And my intent that this book, because people would say to me, why? I've been doing this now for 14 years. And people say, why don't you put it in a book? And I was always, and I'm still under, I believe that, you know, when we open our heart to receiving, things come to us. And I really believe that people that wanted to receive these would know how to contact me. And they did. And that's how it grew. Right. Um, and, and you had a huge audience. Yes. Yes, I do. And so I, the book, my intent was that it should, someone asked me and said to me, well, where do you want this book in, in self-help and self-motivation? And my answer was, I want it in Pooh's Corner. <laughs> because I want it not to be for any specific reason. It's just a hand to be held when you want it, a moment of awareness, a moment of reminding. And you can, there's no beginning or end to this book, Peter. Now, you, it's, 
it's a forever book. <laughs> Correct. And that was my intent. So I'm so glad you received it that way. It makes my heart smile. Oh, good. Well, you did such a good job. <laughs> you know, here's one little quote. Joy never runs out. It is, it is always waiting for you. And there's a, you know, a lot of talk in the book about hope. And, you know, to me, I'm always hoping for the next joy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's so freeing to know that joy lives within us. We don't have to search for it, right? It's not like on a shelf and we just have to invite it, right? And once we decide and make a choice to invite the joy that is ours and unique to us to come into our moment, it's amazing how all of a sudden hope goes, me too, I want to be part of that. Yeah, well, I'm here is a line I typed out. A wish like hope is fragile yet has the strength and courage to carry you forward. Let the discovery of a wish hold your hand and the presence of hope guide you. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, you know, your book is so full of these. And, <laughs> you know, I, um, it's, and there are so many moments that you share about your, in your life that, for instance, when you had, uh, you were on stage and you had a wardrobe problem. Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, I like to take, so I'll share the story because you brought it up. And it's, um, I try to take these moments that happened to me and transfer them into something that everyone can relate to. And I try not to also give too much away because I want it to be interpreted by the reader in the way that he or she interprets it. But I'll share the story if sure. you like. Yeah, I love it. So I was giving a lecture um, in front of hundreds of people about um, joy at times of challenge and how do we actually tap into a moment of joy when the most challenging of times occurs. And I had gone to the ladies room beforehand and when I entered the room, the entire audience kind of was like laughing and smiling. And I don't know if this is the one that you're talking about. There are two, is this the one you were referring to? So far. Okay, yes, because there's another one about my blue dress. But, um, and so when I got there, I didn't know what was going on. Why was everybody laughing? And finally, someone, someone came up to me and whispered in my ear, you know, as a female, it may not have happened to you, Peter, but to us females in the audience, sometimes our dress can get caught up in our stockings and we don't know that when we're walking around. And there I was with my dress all the way lifted up, walking into this large room. And I remember all I could do was either be terribly embarrassed and not know how to continue or just laugh at myself with the hundreds of people were in that room. And that was a learning lesson how sometimes laughing at ourselves is the best thing that could happen. It is so freeing. And whenever I'm in a situation where it's a little hard or it's a little overwhelming in the sense of, I don't know what to do here, I recall that moment and I just smile and laugh because that lifts me. Well, it's obvious you don't have a fragile ego. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
I'm sure each of us has that little part in us, but I've learned, you know, after doing so many lectures and workshops that this is me. Yeah, that's, that's all there we is. Have to, we have to appreciate that. I, I once spoke, was speaking in front of a large audience uh, of hundreds of people, and I had some notes, but all of a sudden my mind went blank. And I didn't know the next sentence I was going to say. And I didn't know what to do. I, I it was like a gap. And I, I'm standing, feeling very embarrassed. And I said to the audience, can you give me a moment for me to collect my thoughts? And then after a few moments, I was back in flow again. But I, when I walked off stage and I was sitting on the side, I could look at the audience. And I, look, and I felt so embarrassed. And I looked at them and I said, wait a minute. They're all human too. <laughs> and I'm human. And we all make mistakes. So I'm fine about it. And I hope they're fine about it. And let's just all be human. <laughs> exactly. That's a great moment. See, that's a great moment to go back to. And I see you, how you're smiling and lighting up, just remembering that with uh, like almost like a, I, I get an energy of pride that comes across that. Uh, so it's, it's well, really it a, about a moment. It was a long time ago, and I've had a lot of public speaking since, and I've never been fearful again. <laughs> there, you, <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, I had a bare backside, and you had a forgetful moment, but uh, all, all is good. Yeah, no, it's wonderful <laughs> to share this. Um, so, yeah. um, so it's just there's so much here, like one moment at a time, one challenge at a time. One courageous soul, one hero, and that hero is you. I mean, just to read that each day is a feel good. Yeah, it's really about a good moment, you know, because once good touches us, Peter, it never leaves us, right? And when I wrote my morning inspirations, you know, for though, you know, you read the book, but for your audience, they don't know how perhaps this all began 14 years ago. Um, it was really about a good friend of mine that was touched by cancer and she didn't want anybody to contact her or to talk to her, but I felt it was so important for me to reach out. And I just started sending her an email uh, about my moments that never talked about cancer or her illness. It was just life continued because I wanted her to know she was still the person, the human spirit and cancer was just part of her story and not her identity. And I said to her, if you don't want me to continue, you know, I wrote to her writing this, tell me, don't write. No answer needed. And about six months later in the morning, she called me at 7.30 and said, where's my morning blessing? Because I was sick and I didn't write it. And I was like, wow, this really has touched her. And I continued to do that for 365 days every morning at six before she went for treatment. Wow. And then my client said, wait, you're telling this, this story that you're doing for her? What about us? I was working with post and pre-mastectomy patients. And that's how Morning Inspiration began. And it's been 14 years and I still send it out three times a week. And I don't know most of the people that receive it today, um, but some of them I do and some of them become my clients and I hear from them and but I am so grateful that good touches people all over the world. And um, it's an honor and privilege because they're all such special souls. Well, I really want my audience to 
get this book, A Heart's Landscape, An Invitation to the Garden of Moments. And uh, do you have a website or? Uh... I do. My website is susanplax.com. And you can find out there about A Heart's Landscape, about morning inspiration, and about me. Good. No, it's, this is so beautiful. Um, I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like the book is just a treasure in, in my hands. And I'm so grateful. And I want to share it with a lot of people. And certainly doing this show with you, uh, a lot of people will uh, understand the, the value that you brought into the world. Oh, and thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so full of gratitude and I'm privileged to be here with you and all the wonderful human spirits that are listening to this. And I think I want to tell everybody that may you have a moment of beauty today and may you walk the walk of beauty because beauty lives within you and go for it. Make a difference in the world, in your life with moments. Right. And there's a... Uh, this was too long to just write, and I put the page number down, page 89. Oh, I turned right to it. Wow. That was cool. Wow. And <laughs> so it's um, walk with someone, and they may find the courage to run. Look with them, and they may remember the beauty in seeing. Hear with them, and in the quiet of your joint hearing, they may discover the gift of listening. Sing with them, and their heart will forever understand the delight in rejoicing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, I, I'm having yeah. such a good time sharing your words with people. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I, this is share, share, share. We should all share the good we come across. Um, yes. And, um, be aware of the lessons courage has for you as you attend the classroom of your soul. So that's so much of what this is about. You know, your book is a classroom of the soul. Ah, oh, ah. Oh, I love being a student in that classroom. I love it. And yeah. I wasn't a great student as a kid. So now I'm great. <laughs> well, there's a difference between smart and wise. <laughs> or or not wanting to be on the beach bum not wanting to be on the beach <laughs> uh, well you know it's, we all have our interesting growth i had a very difficult time um learning that i was all right <laughs> and you are all right you know there's something in my book if you turn to it and it's about um i forgot what it's called about a carrot souffle and the story there is really about a recipe and how during COVID I couldn't be with my family and how it, I discovered that it was going to be all right, just a different kind of all right. And all right doesn't have to be the same all the time. Right. And I think that that's, what you just said now that's what resonates and came up for me is that all right has different colors and it's going to be different but it's going to be all right and to be able to see the bigger picture of what all right means because we get caught up in the details of all right 
and we lose our perspective. Correct. And that's why once it's very freeing to know that all right doesn't have just one way of looking or being. Right. And and so your book, you know, covers a lot of ground. <laughs> it does. You know, I have to tell you, I share with you, Peter, that, you know, this book, you know, was published in January and you no, know, out of 3,500 and something morning inspirations, I had a pick like only like, I don't know, I think there's 200 in here. It was like going through, but I went through my life in the last 13 years, 14 years and who I was and who I've become and the world. And now I'm a safta in Hebrew. That means a grandmother of five. I wasn't when I started writing Morning Inspirations, you know, um, and I'm 64 now. I had just turned 50. Uh, life is just very different. And I, you know, all the photos in the book are mine, right? I became a photographer about seven years ago because I just felt so inspired by what I visually was seeing. I had to take pictures of them. And um once I put them together, it was like, I have people that'll say, you know, that photo totally inspired me to something on another page. And mm -hmm. I just love that people are interpreting, interpreting it to something that talks to them. Well, you know, a photo is worth a thousand words, as people say. But your words are, uh, each word is worth a thousand words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so kind. Oh, I'm so Truly happy so kind to, to, you know, to know your book and to be able to share it with people and to help people find their way with it. Because we all need to find inner peace constantly. You know, Absolutely. we're being challenged. And um, sometimes we just don't know what, hold on, what to hold on to. And this, your book reminds us what to hold on to, and it's that that you know that place within us, and and and, and I mean universally within us, that we can go to where our soul is infinite. Ah, oh, beautifully said. And I want to share with you and your listeners that because this book has been so well received in hearts, in people's hearts that I have now collaborated with a songwriter and singer oh. and composing many of my morning inspirations. And we will have a performance of a healing concert per se um, here in New York City with wow. musicians. And it'll be something so, I'm just, I talk about it. And I feel my soul lifted because I love music. So people should get to your website, Susan P, as in Peter. Lax. As in Paula. <laughs> Paula. I'm sorry, I'm a Peter, so that's what I That's okay. Susan Paula, L-A-X, Susan P. Lax, uh, dot com. Correct. Right. Correct. And then they can keep up with your concerts and all the other yeah. opportunities. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for being a guest. Yeah. It's wonderful talking with you. A privilege of mine. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. And this is Peter Roth, your host of Energy Stew at PRN.live. I can be reached at Peter at Heart River, H-E-A-R-T, river.org. Uh, love to hear from you. And thanks so much for listening. <laughs>